Susan Sorrell's wetland renewal started like ordinary restoration. But the day a desert pupfish was found on her property, everything changed. Susan explains. We found an animal, a pupfish, that had been declared extinct. I mean, obviously they weren't extinct. We rediscovered them. And at the time, there were only 80 in existence in the world. What had once been a project to remove invasive plants from Susan's desert hometown of Shoshone, California, became part of an integrated mission to revive the desert pupfish population. It didn't take long for things to get complicated. At that time, there was a lot of hostility towards endangered species. Landowners thought if you found an endangered species on your property, the government would take it from you, and it was a terrible thing. The discovery of the pupfish caused the shutdown of a large nearby development project, further stressing a community trying to cope with the downfall of the local mining industry. Bumper stickers reading, Kill the Pupfish, started popping up around town. Susan worried that if they built a pupfish refuge in town, people really might start killing the tiny fish. Shoshone, California, population 31. A green, spring-fed oasis in one of the hottest, driest corners of the country, Death Valley. A fourth generation of this land, Susan has always felt close to it. Every morning until I was about 12 or 13, I would ride my horse or my horses into the wetlands. When her mother's tragic passing called Susan home from Europe, she saw how invasive plants had devastated her beloved wetlands. And I just could not leave. So she stayed. Susan's old connections gave her credibility in the community. She and her husband bought up land in town, and she became the head of the Shoshone Village Corporation. They began pulling out tamarisk trees, the scraggly, menacing invasives that had rendered Susan's childhood wetlands unrecognizable, replacing them with native, graceful willows. Years later, a friend rediscovered the first pupfish. Susan knew she had to help the fish, but the fear in the community left her with no choice but to keep the operation quiet. With the help of the Fish and Wildlife Service, 40 of the pupfish were sent to a lab, and the remaining 40 were kept hidden in an overgrown pond. Soon the pupfish began repopulating, and as their ranks grew, a community paradigm shift began to grow as well. Susan increased her efforts to engage the local people with their environment, and in 2003, the Shoshone Village Corporation started the Amagosa Conservancy, a nonprofit dedicated to caring for and educating people about the land of the Shoshone region. More and more endangered species began to be discovered in Shoshone. Susan could have had good reason to keep the restoration hidden. But, she says, That's just going to emphasize all of the fears that people have about beautiful areas being fenced off and taken from the community. We walk over green, squelching grass to a spring above the ponds, where clear water gurgles from the earth. Through it all, Susan hasn't lost sight of the big picture. What is the importance of endangered species? They are in many ways the canary in the coal mine and we start losing these little species, and then we start losing our habitat, and then we start losing more species, and it's just so important to have a biodiverse, healthy habitat for all species, including people.
In time, Susan was able to stop hiding the pupfish, adamantly maintaining that communities must be involved in environmental problem solving. This is our property, but it is definitely open to the public. Nearly all of the current restoration sites are located in town. The pupfish ponds are connected to Susan and her husband's RV park by a walking path. And nearby, Susan's team has built birding trails where they conduct free walks. The sites are popular with locals and visitors, helping the community switch from the mining industry to ecotourism and changing the way people in Shoshone interact with nature. The pupfish ponds still look cultivated, the hard work put into their restoration unmistakable. But endemic plants are returning, and Susan hopes that before long, the ponds will start looking natural again. Today, the land in Shoshone is healing itself. Susan's work isn't done, but she can take a step back now and let her success feed off itself. We haven't only seen an increase in pupfish, we've seen an increase in birds. We just discovered Shoshone spring snails. All of the, the different species of dragonflies that are found in California can be seen right here in this little, little <laughs> oasis. You create a healthy habitat and it becomes healthy for everyone, including us. You will be hard-pressed to find a Kill the Pupfish sticker in Shoshone today. I don't have to be a policeman because the people that are up here, it's like a community watch program. Susan is proud of the fact that if a local finds a cigarette butt near one of the ponds, they'll likely pick it up. Now there are about 8,000 pupfish in Shoshone. So many locals, school groups, and urban tourists are coming to see them and the accompanying wetlands and birds that they feel the need to start building interpretive signs. Susan is beginning to wonder if she will become a victim of her own success. But increased visitation is just one hurdle on the way to her community's restored connection with the land. We live in an age of uncertainty. With climate change and politics, it's hard to say what tomorrow's problems or solutions will be. Shoshone's model may not be a good fit for every community, but public access, education, and community involvement, those are things we can and need to use everywhere. When a people destroy their environment, they're destroying their future. Susan thinks back on architect Richard Neutra, an influential force in the philosophy of her work. His thought is that when humankind becomes disconnected from nature, they begin to lose their humanity. There are places in need of restoration everywhere, and the work doesn't have to be done on million-acre tracts of wilderness, or by billionaires, or even by people with degrees in conservation biology. There's nothing that speaks as eloquently as the lamp. It's time to start really listening, to discover what we can do in our communities. For National Public Lands Radio, I'm Abby Papineau.